Good evening. I'm very under the weather, but as Freddie Mercury so famously, I loved, I loved Queen, especially Freddie. The show must go on. And I've done this before. I'm sick, and it's like, I know, and some of you are like, I thought you got vaccinated. I did, but I'm not immune to sore throats, and I and I live in an orchard, so come on. So tonight, I thought we'd pay tribute to Mr. George Siegel. If you've ever seen Look Who's Talking, remember the schmuck? Schmuck. When I say that, I think of my friend from Long Island. Wherever he is, I miss him. But uh, Schmuck, George Siegel played in Look Who's Talking, where he knocks up Kirstie Alley's character and then, you know, doesn't accept that that's his child. George Siegel died today. He was 87. He had had, I guess, uh, heart surgery and, and never recovered from it. But there's one film in particular with George Siegel. It wasn't his first, but oh God, (laughs) is one of my favorites. And it's not so much for him. This is the film that Miss Elizabeth Taylor said she wanted to be remembered for. And the night that she died, Turner Classic Movies played it. I remember it very much. Dame Elizabeth Taylor died 10 years ago. In 2011, left all of her, most of her uh, wealth to her AIDS foundation. But that night, I remember TCM played it. My God, her and Sandy Dennis won Oscars for it. George Siegel was nominated for an Oscar. God, this film was so fucking amazing. Cinematography. The this is uh this is uh Elizabeth Taylor. You know, remember Elizabeth Taylor won the first Oscar as she called it the death vote for a film that she hated, Butter Butterfield Eight. But she won that second one for a film that I absolutely this. You know, people judge Elizabeth Taylor as this beautiful movie star so beautiful and she'd been in movie star since she was a little kid she's got those violet eyes but who's afraid of virginia wolf that's where you get to see elizabeth taylor the actress this character that she had created martha oh my god it was so amazing and here's here's a little taste of it you're all crazy nuts Ah, tis the refuge we take when the unreality of the world sits too heavy on our tiny heads. Relax. Sink into it. You're no better than anybody else. I think I am. Well, you're certainly a flop in some departments. What'd you say? I said you certainly are a flop in some department. I'm sorry you're disappointed. Maybe sometime I've been dreaming in 10 hours. Baby, you sure are a flop. Oh, you're something. You know that? I mean, you're really something. If 
what? You know you. You. Everybody's a flop. Your husband's a flop. I'm a flop. You're all flops. I am the Earth Mother, and you are all flops. I disgust me. Excuse me. And that is Elizabeth Taylor with the late George Siegel. This young man that she had the hots for. Meanwhile, her husband, played by her real life husband, the volcanic. Oh, excuse me. Her real life husband, played by the volcanic Richard Burton. Oh my God, he was volcanic. You can just see, oh God, even Benny Hill did a sketch of it. But we're not going to play that. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? First of all, it was the directorial debut of Mr. Mike Nichols. Mike Nichols, who was such an amazing actor. I mean, director. Oh, I'm drugged right now. You can see it. Or you can hear it. Now, my favorite. I will never forget this. As long as I live. They're out in the parking lot. Mm. This is this is the moment I always felt. This is what she won the Oscar for. The whole movie as a whole. But there is a scene in there. Mm. One of my favorites. Where he confronts her. George, played by Mr. Richard Burton, confronts his wife Martha, played by Elizabeth Taylor. My God, this was just ooh! If you've never seen Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, it is electrifying. Oh God, here it is. Is this it? I'm trying to find it. It's one of my favorites, though. It's where they. It's. I think it's titled. Is it not? It's not titled The Exorcism, because it really. The energy that Elizabeth Taylor pulls out of herself. And you know, the way that uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf was made, it looks like a, a stage play. You know, from Edward Albee, who took, you know, that famous line that Betty Davis said in, you know, that one movie. What a, or what a dump. And Elizabeth Taylor pumped it up. And what a dump. And said, what's that from, huh? Some goddamn Warner Brothers. Some goddamn Betty Davis. I love how they say goddamn. This is 1966. Here we go. Faster. That's all right for you. You can go around like a hopped up Arab. Slashing at everything in sight. Scarring up half the world if you want to. But let somebody else try it. Oh, no. Miserable. Hi, baby. Day. I did it all for you. I thought you'd like it, sweetheart. It's to your taste. Blood carnage and all. I thought you'd sort of get excited. Sort of uh, heave and pant and come running at me. Your melon's bobbling. You have really screwed up, George. Oh, come on. I Martha. mean it. You really have. You can sit around with a gin running out of your mouth. You can humiliate me. You can tear me to pieces all night. That's perfectly okay. That's all right. You can stand it. I cannot stand it. You can stand it. You married me for it. 
That's a desperately sick lie. Don't you know it even yet? Martha. I always gotten tired whipping you. Martha. Year after year. Deluded, Martha, deluded. It's not what I wanted. I thought at least you were onto yourself. I didn't know. I'm I didn't onto know. myself. No, 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 you're sick. My God. Oh my God. There's so many moments. I, I, I love this movie. I lo- I'm not really big on drama drama, but this this is like a sideshow piece. You know, here we go. This is the famous moment. What a dump. Hey, what's that from? What a dump. How would I know? Oh, come on. What's it from? You know. Martha. What's it from, for Christ's sake? What's what from? I just told you. I just did it. What a dump. Huh? What's that from? I have the faintest idea. Dumbbell. It's from some damn Betty Davis picture. Some goddamn Warner Brothers epic. Martha, I can't remember. And the film was called Beyond the Forest. In fact, I think it was her last one for Warner Brothers. Oh my god. Oh no, that's in another language. Um, I think I could find it. I don't. I. F- it's 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 a particular scene because you know. This film, I remember I recommended it years ago to a buddy in college. I've always wondered where he's at, Philip. If you if you're listening, where you at, dude? And um, we would talk. I one time did like a Truman Capote impression from. I can't do it right now. <laughs> but let's see here. So, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf came out in 1966, black and white. I think it was mainly because of her her makeup. You have Sandy Dennis playing the wife of George Siegel's character, this young couple. Everyone is drunk. Ever everyone obviously has a problem with alcohol. But it's not mentioned on also the word goddamn is said a lot. And, you know, this was when the studio system had died. And people were starting to experiment with language in films. And you have Mike Mike uh, Nichols, who went on to direct The Graduate the next year with Dustin Hoffman. I want this is this is probably one of my favorite scenes that in the dance scene but 
Is it, there's so much going on and who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Oh, oh. Here it is. This is this is probably this. If you want to see Elizabeth Taylor at the top of her game as an actor, actor, that here she graduated from being this child actress, this young adult actress to one of the great actresses and beauties here. This is Elizabeth Taylor at her best. Well, at least you were onto yourself. I didn't know. I'm I didn't onto know. myself. No, 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 you're sick. Show you who's sick. I'll show you who's sick. I'll show you. Oh, right, I'll show you. Before I'm through with you. You and that quarterback. You're both gonna finish me. Before I'm through with you, you'll wish you died in that automobile, you bastard. And you'll wish you never mentioned our son. I said I warn you. I'm impressed. I warned you not to go too far. I'm just beginning. I'm numbed enough so that I can take you when we're alone. I don't listen anymore. But if I do listen, I sift everything so I don't really hear you, which is about the only way to manage it. But you've taken a new tack, Martha, in the last century or two, which is just too much. Too much. I don't mind your dirty underthings in public. Well, I do mind, but I'd reconcile myself to that. But you move bag and baggage into your own fantasy world. You don't Nuts. know what you have. Nuts! You can go on saying that as long as you want, but you when you finish... You your senses, George. You're so convoluted, that's what you are. You, you talk like you were writing one of your stupid papers. Actually, I'm rather worried about you, uh... About your mind. Don't you worry about my mind, sweetheart. I think I'll have you committed. You what? I think I'll have you committed. Oh, baby, aren't you something? Well, I've got to find some way to get at you. You've got at me. You don't have to do anything, George. A thousand years of you has been quite enough. You go quietly then. Do you, do you want to know what's happened, George? Do you want to know what's really happened? It snapped. Finally, not not me, it. The whole arrangement. Or you can go on forever and after. Everything is manageable. You make all sorts of excuses to yourself. To, to, to hell with it. This is life. Maybe tomorrow he'll be dead. Maybe tomorrow you'll be dead. All sorts of excuses. Then one day, one night, something happens and... Snap! It breaks and you just... Don't give a damn anymore. I've tried with you, baby. I've really tried. Come off it, Martha. I've really tried. You're a monster. You are. I'm loud and I'm vulgar and I wear the pants in the house because somebody's got to. But I am not a monster. I'm not! You're a spoiled, self-indulgent, willful, dirty-minded, liquor-ridden... It went snap. I'm not going to try to get through to you anymore. There was a second back there. Yeah, there was a second. Just a second when I could have gotten through to you. When when maybe we could have cut through all this... This crap! But it's past. And I'm not going to try. Once a month, Martha. I've gotten used to it. Once a month and we get misunderstood Martha, the good-hearted girl underneath the barnacles, the little miss that the touch of kindness will bring to bloom again. 
And I believed it more times than I'd like to admit because I don't like to think I'm that much of a sucker. But I don't believe you. I just don't believe you. There is no moment. There is no moment anymore when we could come together. Yeah, well, maybe you're right. You can't come together with nothing and you're nothing. Snap! I looked at you tonight and you weren't there. This is the best part. Bonnie snapped. And, and I'm going to howl it out. And I'm not going to give a damn what I do. And I'm going to make the biggest goddamn explosion you've ever heard. You try and I'll beat you at your own game. Is that a threat, George, huh? That's a threat, Martha. You're going to get it, baby. Be careful, Martha. I'll rip you to pieces. You are not man enough. You haven't the guts. Total war. Woo! That scene alone looked like it was decades in the making. And that is the testament, not only to the beautiful cinematography that you can't see that I'm talking about as they're exchanging it. They're they're not phoning it in. Oh my God, they are part of the fire. He's lit that fire in her and she's blazing. I love it when she... I loved Elizabeth Taylor. Not just a beautiful, glamorous star, but damn, she could act. And that's the sad thing is when someone is that beautiful, like Paul Newman also, you you assume they, oh, they just get by on their looks. Oh, hell no. When she says, I'm going to make the biggest goddamn explosion that you've ever heard. Whew, and she just, and she's doing snap. And the way she controls it, and then wait, and then he steps in, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get her." They are just—I mean, it's the matching of wits. Richard Burton was a volcanic actor. Oh my God, you can see why she fell in love with him. You know, with Bogey and Bacall, it's—you know—you can see why they fell in love. And then you watch the screen with, with Burton and Taylor, and it's like, damn, damn, that is energy. And Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf won Sandy Dennis an Oscar as well as Miss Elizabeth Taylor. Richard Burton never won the Oscar seven times. My God. Mike Nichols won uh, for directing. Was it? No, he direct. No, he won it for directing um, The Graduate the next year, actually. I'm wrong. Oh, my. Bad. And so George Siegel was also nominated. George Siegel went on to do news radio, uh, Just Shoot Me, I believe. Uh, was in Look Who's Talking, as I said before at the beginning. He was that schmuck that got Kirstie Alley pregnant and then refused to acknowledge that he was the father of the baby. Isn't that sad? Because that's unfortunately a reality for so many. And he played a schmuck. But in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, oh my god. The way he played, I mean, he, he was a good-looking man. He was, a, I think, a, te- a teacher or something. And Elizabeth Taylor and him just, uh, their characters flirt at the beginning. And they start dancing at that that inn, the motor inn. Oh my goodness, it's sexual tension. I think they go upstairs at one point. And then that's when she says to him, oh, honey, you're a flop. <laughs> when you've got Elizabeth Taylor's Martha and, and, you know, she wore prosthetics and she let herself go and she really dived into that. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing is, you know, she went from 
Cleopatra, which was this big flop. She went from the VIPs, which was her and Burton teaming up again. To Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? The words written by Edward Albee. Oh my God! What a, what an amazing roller coaster ride of a film. If if I could ever, if someone were to ask me, what are some what are the first Elizabeth Taylor films I should watch? Well, for one, National Velvet, because she was a little kid and that made her a big star. Second. Giant with her and Rock Hudson. They, I mean, well, she was also in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, but Giant, oh my god, Giant. And then, of course, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? You know, I've seen, I think many of us have seen the film that she didn't want to win for, which was Butterfield Date where she writes in lipstick on the mirror because she's a hooker, a high-paid hooker. No sale. But she talked about when she saw the film for the first time after she'd made it. And she said she liked the character, wrote in lipstick. She got lipstick and wrote on the screen, piece of shit. And then she ended up winning an Oscar for it because they thought she was near death. And her tracheotomy scar just visible as she accepts that award she had double pneumonia and that moment I mean there's some hate going on in that room when she's announced the winner people some people looked disturbed Yul Brenner I love I love Yul Brenner so did my grandmother um you know and if you listen to films that my grandmother loved you'll hear about me talking about Yul Brenner he was a good looking man but he opens that envelope and the way he just kind of looks up and he's in shock and he's like Elizabeth Taylor (laughs) yeah you know she didn't show up to win the second one for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf Uh. you know who gave her the award I think um her friend Anne Bancroft accepted it. But, you know, what they used to do, I don't know. Sometimes they do this and sometimes they don't. Is uh, the actor that wins, you know, bef- the year before, you know, gives a. Uh, the the you know new actor the Oscar <laughs> and that was the case for this actor you know he showed up he, he had won Mr. Lee Marvin who played multiple roles in Cat Blue the year before he had won the Oscar for Best Actor and so he was the one that opened that envelope and, you know, Elizabeth Taylor was nominated against, oh, my God, so many different actresses. Won, won the Oscar twice. Mr. George Siegel, who, you know, rest in peace. I mean, he really played that character in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. You could smell the booze. Um... My favorite, though, is when Elizabeth Taylor, you know, they're all flirty. She's like, oh, you look you look like you work out. You look like you're still pretty good. 
Oh, Martha. Oh, George, don't go there. And then my favorite is, is she's like, uh, so here I am stuck with this flop, this flop, this bog in the history department who's married to the president's daughter. And he's screaming, Virginia Woolf, Virginia Woolf. I mean, if that's not an Oscar later ride of a film, what is? And so tonight we honor Mr. George Siegel. And more importantly, we honor the film that was and still is. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Miss Elizabeth Taylor at the height of her powers. And Richard Burton, the volcano that captured her. I mean, he truly, you know, he erupted like a volcano. And boom, you have Richard Burton, directed by Mr. Mike Nichols, taken from the play by Edward Albee, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Woo. Watch it. And also, if you have to watch an early Elizabeth Taylor film, you think of all the films she did in her entire career. From the beginning when she was a little kid to being a teenager playing in Little Women to uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Here she is in her 30s making making herself look like she's in her 50s and 60s and she accomplished that. The voice, the boobs, everything. She has risen to the occasion playing Martha and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? It is such an amazing electrifying performance i know that people in my family oh they loved elizabeth taylor films you know with elizabeth taylor that's why i mentioned giant when she, the way she's playing you know at real life she was good friends with rock hudson and james dean who were both gay well with james dean it's hard to say but i would say he was and elizabeth taylor supposedly rock and james didn't get along and it was their mutual admiration and friendship for Elizabeth Taylor that they got along. So that's the power of friendship right there. Is this, and, and I have to say this, I loved Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor was such a friend to the gay community. She was first and foremost the first one on the front lines during the AIDS epidemic because it killed her friend, Rock Hudson. And it angered her how the government went after gays and lesbians and those who were dying of AIDS because it wasn't just gays and lesbians it was also hemophiliacs it was straight people and Elizabeth Taylor started the Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation and that's why she's so important is that she didn't really put her time and energy anymore into films she put her time and energy into raising money for AIDS research. Those that the perfume Elizabeth Taylor's white diamonds, which my parents would get my grandmother almost every year, all of that money went to her AIDS charity. I think from what I read. My God. So let's not just honor this this beautiful film that she's made, this intense, electrifying fucking roller coaster ride of a film. But the woman that she was the influence that she had. She did so many controversial... I wouldn't call them controversial. (coughs) She did things that you didn't talk about and brought it out into the open. And so tonight, 
I present to you, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? As always, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>